I'm good? All right. Okay, come on in, guys, and uh, we'll start. We'll get going for uh, Sunday school. Michael, you want to also open us up in a word of prayer? Amen. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about the heart, the heart condition, uh, and David, a man after God's own heart. Uh, the verse, your memory verse for today was Acts thirteen twenty two. Uh, I found that David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Uh, if you could turn to First Samuel. First Samuel 13. First Samuel 13 and verse 13. 13. Yep. First Samuel thir- uh, chapter 13, verse 13. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded there. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now the kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Uh, Here we go. And this this is the start of it. This is where Saul went wrong and... God goes, you know, I need somebody after my own heart. I need somebody that wants to follow me, that wants to, to, to purpose their heart, that wants to do the things that I want to do. And the funny thing about the heart is we always think of the heart and we always think of it as, a, as, a, as love, as an emotion, as, you know, that's, that's where, you know, you, you see it all the time. You know, there's a heart, and it means, you, you know, you love somebody, and it's always an emotion. And while it is an emotion, it is part of that, it's so much more. It's so much more. If you go to 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul is, Paul goes through the whole thing. And now he doesn't call it love, he calls it charity, because charity is love and emotion, but it's still love. But it's not the emotion part. You know, it splits up in a couple. And, uh, you know, what we find is that love, when you read 1 Corinthians 13, it's a lot more than just the emotions. It's a lot more. I mean, how would, how would our hearts hold up to that as opposed to what we think it is, is what the world thinks it is? How, how would it hold up? You have David here who he holds up to both. I mean, and he, he's done a lot, you know. And like I said, it's not the, that he didn't do wrong. It's not that he didn't sin. 
It's just he had the right heart. He had the right motives. Uh, Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, the only one that can know it is God. You know, and there's, the, and there's that split again with the world and what we have. Because the world keeps telling you, follow your heart. Follow your heart. It's just love. And there's really that big difference. And God tries it, and God knows from the start that David has that right heart. He has the right motives behind it. Where so many times we don't. You know, we do it because we do it out of duty. I mean, and that's, that's mostly what we see out of Christians nowadays. When they do do it, it's mostly out of duty. It's not out of the love. It's not out for the brethren. It's not because you truly care about that person and you want them to succeed. But yet, that's what, that's what God wants from us. He, God wants us to succeed. He wants, so that means he wants us to make sure others succeed. That's how he's going to use people and how he does it and how he uses it with David. Uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, if we look at David, I mean, David had a lot of issues. I mean, he had issues that we didn't have. You know, I mean, he didn't, you didn't have to worry about, you know, bears and lions. and You don't have to worry about that, you know, attacking your family or attacking what you're trying to live off or anything like that. I mean, there's other problems and, you know, but that's what he had. He had these issues of life. Now, we have different issues. And those issues affect our heart. And why does it affect it? Because we try to lean more on our emotion side of our heart than actually saying, hey, what does God say? What is God going to do? Can he come through? Can he not come through? What, you know, and we all know he can come through. But we tend to lean on the opposite side of that. Um, in Matthew 15, 18, he says, Jesus said, it's not what goes in your mouth, it's what proceeds out of it. Because it comes from the heart, right? It comes from the heart. Why? Because it's, and he goes and explains it, because it's the evil thoughts, it's the, it's the murders, it's, it's, it's all these things that you think and want to know what's right. And it's really not, and it's not like we don't know it's not right. We want it to be right. And there's the problem with our heart. Because, like I said, I mean, you know, lost people that you want to see saved or this or that, I mean, sometimes we do, especially when it comes to family. We try to make excuses about it. We, we do. And we try to push it and go, well, Lord, just, you know, just just overlook that one part and just, you know, deal with them. And that's... It's not how God works. God works with us all the same when it comes to salvation. It's all the same. Yes, we may have hit a different bottom and come from a different place, but it's all the same. And you have a place where you're, you know, and we, and we sometimes do that. Well, Lord, just look over, look over that sin. I, I don't want to have to tell them that sin because they already feel, you know, but that's, that's not the right way to do it. David never once did anything like that. When he sinned, he sinned and said, hey, yeah, it's ever before me. 
I know, I know, Lord. And that's that's how we need to start taking these and looking at stuff, especially nowadays with everything the way it's going and the different situations we're finding ourselves in. Um, I, I mean, just look at what's going on. I mean, this is November. I, 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 this is the craziest election I've ever seen. I mean, honestly, I mean, by this point, you're going to vote and there's all these Republican choices, all these Democratic choices. Like nobody's even narrowed it down. Why? Well, because now you get to say, well, just follow your heart. Do what's right. Vote what you think. And that's how it always is. But that's not what you want to do. If you're going to vote, you want to learn about somebody take the best time, and then go into God's word and say, hey, who goes along with your word the best, Lord? And then pray about it. Pray about it. But David is just, uh, I mean, he's amazing. I mean, he really is. I mean, he's like, uh, you know, he's, he's described as this old short guy, you know, and all stuff like that. But, I mean, you think about it. I mean, this is... This is the guy, if you were going to pick, man, is, is really a man's man. I mean, he did, he worked hard. He did everything. He fought battles. You know, he, he tried to do what was right no matter what at all times. Did he fall? Yeah, absolutely. And we will fall too. We just get caught up because we get caught up in that emotional side of our heart. Now, how should we, if we're going to use something, you know, if we're going to use our hearts right, then the first thing we really need to do is, I mean, honestly, it's, you need to be saved. I mean, just bare bones, you need to be saved to use your heart right. There's, there's no way about it. Why? Well, in Ezekiel thirty six twenty six says, a new heart also will I give you. That's, that's the whole point. I mean, that's, that's spiritual that's we don't realize it we don't care what when we were lost what we what we loved what we thought was right was not right and we didn't care it was we're right and that's it whereas David always said hey God's right I'm not I mean how many how many of us can really when it comes down to it can say that that every aspect that we've ever done was yeah, God's right, I'm wrong. I, I believe we've all fallen short there. But David, I mean, honestly, you look at it, David never did that. Yeah, he did some bad stuff, but when it came down to it, it was like, yep. Yeah, that's me. Whereas usually, you know, sometimes it, something happens, it's like, well, well, you know, th this happened and that happened. and Yeah, or... You know, well, I'm just going to push this aside and, and forget about it, you know, because everybody makes mistakes. You know, we're not all perfect. But then again, that's a perfect example is David, because shouldn't we try to be like that? We should at least strive to be like David at every point and say, hey, I'm wrong. You're right, God. Let's step back. Let's look at this. Let's take this the way we should. Let's take it the way you want me to go and how you want me to follow you, what you want me to do. And not only that, but how you want me to do it. All these play a part. 
Um, in, uh, in Psalms 1911, right? Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee, right? And this is, that's, the, that's really important. And sometimes, uh, I use this for memorization, because I love this verse, and it always reminds me for, uh, of memoriza- memorizing something, you know. If you're going to go memorize scripture, uh, the best way to memorize scripture, I mean, that I found that works for me, I mean, don't get me wrong, Brother Fielder's book is awesome, but uh, it should mean something to you. It should mean something to you. You should look at that verse, and that verse just hits you the right way. Because that's God working in your heart. And when God works there, it's going to be easier for you to sit your mind down and go, you know what? This is easy. I could. Why? It's easy because God wants you to do it to begin with. He put it there. And that, that really is the true meaning of hiding your, you know, his word in your heart. Because if he's giving it to you, if it's standing out, that's for you. That might not be the same verse for me. That might not be the same verse, but there is. There's always some verse. You know, um, you know my, uh, my favorite verse, you know, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. That is beautiful, that whole thing all the way through. Right? I mean, the first time I would read that and then got to the end, it's like, and not willing any should perish. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Okay, he's not slack concerning his promise. He's long-suffering to us, word. And I'm sitting there going like, it just popped out. It's like, how, how do people not know this? How do people not know that God truly wants every bit of you, every part of you? And we can see from David and other people that it's not because we're so fantastic and we just never mess up. He just wants a piece of our heart at all times. He wants us to be right there with him. And that's just one of the greatest, I mean, it really is. That it truly is the unspeakable gift that he gave his son and we really don't deserve it. And we know we mess up, but we still go, hey, you know, God says, hey, come on. It's all right. We'll, we'll get rid of that. Right? But what you have to do, you have to admit it. You have to come to that moment of accountability. Funny, right? Accountability works in salvation, works in your walk with Christ, too. It's not just that, you know, I took accountability, so, you know, God saved me. I don't have to do that anymore because I know where I'm going. And unfortunately, a lot of people live their lives like that. And that's no way to live. But what, what is it? it it's, that's the target that God wants to hit, is your heart. That's what he wants from you. Uh, if you turn over to uh, Romans... Romans 8. And verse 27. 
And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He's searching our hearts all the time, and because that, that's what he wants. That's the target that he's aiming for. Uh, with the new uh, curriculum that we're writing over there for, for Hope and all that, uh, you know, with Pastor Kenny, that's how we're trying to get it. We're trying to get to their hearts. We're trying to keep it simple for people to come in and just get to their heart. Why? Because as soon as you get to their heart and they realize it, that's, that's it. You know, it doesn't mean they're going to be in it. No, it's just you need to get to the heart. You know, we, we've heard a lot in the past few, you know, past few weeks, you know, about, you know, you got to break up that fallow ground in the heart. Why? So you can get it. You can soften it. And, and God softens it and he works it. Um, and that's the thing. And God, right, and Jeremiah, Jeremiah continues to go and says, hey, you know, it's me. I test, I test your heart. I do it. It's not to be mean and cruel. It's because that's what he's trying to accomplish. That's what he's trying to get. He, he needs your heart. And there's tests that come up all the time. And there's just, you know, um, you know, you might notice the Band-Aid on my head. Uh, that's, <laughs> apparently I decided to take over Pastor Legault since, you know, I was doing Sunday school, but... Uh, I got to, you know, I had, uh, I'm working on the shed and I got my toolbox in the house. I had it open and I bent down to get, to get my church shoe, you know, get my dress shoe and boom, hit, hit my head and go, oh man, you know, this stinks, you know? So I pick up the shoe, I put it down and I go to put my foot in it and it's not my shoe. It's Jack's shoe. You know, it, and I'm just, you know, and, and that's one of those moments where I just, I'm half, I walk in the patty and I'm like, hey, you notice anything about my head? You know, <laughs> it's like, what you do? You know, I tell her. But I mean, little things like that, you know, I mean, why did it happen? I, I don't know. It just happened. You know, and I wish that I handled, I handle every situation the way I handle that. I don't. I don't. Usually I get all mad and, you know, and, ugh, you know, got to be, it's got to be on a Sunday, doesn't it? It's got to be when I got to do, you know, Sunday school and, you know, but I didn't. It was just that. And I thank God for it. I thank God for it. And I said, Lord, I, I please, I wish I could handle everything like, well, because it's, it's a lot better. You know, I mean, it's a lot better when your heart has that right purpose that your heart is targeted by God working in it and then you trying to just push away and, and blame everything and get all upset and mad you are you end up with the joy right joy is something we can lose peace is something we can lose and when you let situations like that dictate how you're going to act that's then when we have that's when we have the problem and see david didn't let that david would get tested and he'd come through he would either do it right the way God wanted it, or he wouldn't. But then he would, right? If he didn't, if he didn't do it the way God wanted, it's okay, Lord. That's that's my fault. That's my fault. But it's just interesting how God works through 
certain situations and and how he uses them. Right? And he, and he does that for a reason. The reason why he wants to test your heart because he knows that something's going to come up. Something's going to come up in your life or somebody you love. Maybe not even somebody you love. Maybe it's somebody that's lost. But you can go to them and say, hey, this is the experience I had. And this is, you know, this is what happened. And, you know, I mean, I was not, uh, I was not a very good husband before I got saved. You know, I, I wasn't. Uh, you know, and I remember my brother asking that. It's like, oh, well, oh, is, is that, uh, you know, is that why you got saved? Is you were having problems? Well, it, it's what led me there, but that's not why I got saved. I got saved because I knew no matter what I did wasn't good enough. <laughs> I got saved because I knew where I was going and what, I, what I'm capable of and what I still could do. But this thing, you know, people ask us, uh, you know, there's people that have asked us about losing Eliana. Uh, you know, well, how'd you do that? God, God. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what the test is. It matters how you react. And that's what everybody, that's what nobody likes. Because everybody wants to react the way they want to react and not say, hey, look, there, there could have been something behind this. And even if there wasn't, God's still good. God's been good to me up to this point. God's going to continue to take care of me. Sometimes we don't like the way he takes care of us, but he, he takes care of us. And he does a really good job at it. I, I, there's nobody that could do a better job. Uh, if you want to turn back over to First uh, Samuel, First Samuel sixteen. In uh, verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his statue, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And this is great too, because this, this is where Samuel went in, and, and God goes, Hey, you got to go over here. Uh, there's a guy named Jesse. He's got, he's got a son that I want to use. That's who I want to use. And he goes in, and he's... Looking at these big, strong, young, strapping men, you know, or, you know, probably six foot or whatever, and go, oh, that's, that's got to be the guy. That, no, okay, that's definitely got to be the guy then, Lord. And God's going, no, no, no. And isn't it, isn't it funny? Because these are all the things that we would look for. In a leader, we would want somebody strong. We would want somebody to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to be this way. And God just says, I just want him to love me. That's what I want. Because if you love me, then I can use you. If you want to know me, I can use you. 
if you want to make excuses, I, I mean, you know, and that's, isn't that what we saw, uh, saw with Saul? I mean, excuse. Remember he gets caught doing the sacrifice? And what's he doing? Man, he's got excuse after excuse. He goes in and he's, oh, he starts blaming the people. Oh, it's the people's fault. Oh, please play with me, though. Oh, well, you were late. Oh, please, please, forgive me. Pray with me. That's, God's not going to use you like that. God doesn't want to use you like that. Oh, but, but I said I'm sorry. Right? Isn't, isn't that the whole point about salvation is a change of mind that leads to a change of heart? If you're just saying, I'm sorry, what changes there? If you're doing the same thing, what changes there? Well, I want it to change. You can't. And you can't just say, I'm going to change and not make a plan. I mean, how we're really good at making plans for doing something wrong. Don't we? I mean, we'll, we'll step out. We'll have all the faith in the world to step out and make different choices that are wrong. And make that plan and go, yeah, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. Then I'm going to do this. Okay, that might take a little too long, but you know what? I'll just call them and tell them I can't do this right now so I can go do this. And you're making these big plans, knowing what you're supposed to do, knowing what is right, and you still don't. And then turning around going, yeah, but Lord, I want to change. Lord, I want to change. David did it, right? Looks at Bathsheba. He, he, he made the whole thing. After he, he made the whole thing. Oh, well. All right, well, call him back. We're going to get him drunk. Okay, well, that's not working. Okay, I got the next step. The next step is, uh, you know, well, I guess I'm going to have to kill him. I mean, he's making these steps. We, we can all make steps to do things wrong. But what about the plan to purpose your heart? What about the plan to do things right so you will change? We don't do them. And that's what God wants. Put it in. You can't just say change and expect to change. You have to say, okay, how am I going to change? All right, well, you know, if it's your spouse, okay, tomorrow I'm going to just wake up. I'll make, them, I'll make them breakfast for no reason. That's a plan. Set in motion. Act on it. Right? Why? Well, because I love them. I want to do right by them. And that's how we should be with God. I want to do right by God. What, what am I going to do? Well, I like to read more. Then make the plan to read more. You can't just say, I'm gonna, I, I want to read more. Then, you know, open up your Bible, read, read Proverbs for the day, and, and close your Bible. It's not how it works. We can't say, hey, I want to, you know, it's just, it's funny. And that's what we do. You just can't do that. You know, I want to read my Bible more. Okay, um, how about instead of the one chapter, I read two. That's a plan. Okay, so I read two chapters for this past month. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm three. Next month, I'm gonna do three. That's a plan. Put it in action. And that's what God wants to see. He needs to get a hold of your heart so He can do that. Because God will work it and be like, okay, 
And that's what he's doing with us. That's honestly what he's doing with us. He's getting a hold of us. When we feel like we should be reading more, when we feel like we should be out witnessing more, when we feel like we should be talking to somebody in the church, like, oh, well, that person's not having a good day. When they do, that's God trying to reach our hearts and say, do something. Do something. Make a plan. Don't let it go. And there's where we have the choice. Will we say, I want to know him more? I want to do the things of you? I want to be like David, a man after your own heart? I mean, because that's the only way. I mean, doing this and, and planning for this, it really hit me because I would say that to myself. Oh, I, want, I really want to be a man after David, you know, after God's own heart like David. And then you start reading what David's doing and you're like, I, 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 don't, I don't come close. I don't come close. Why? Because we can't admit it. We can't admit when we're wrong. We don't want to take that leap out there and just go, okay. But we have this whole transition, right? It's all about the heart. And that's how and God knew that. God's like, yeah, David's going to be this guy. He's going to take this. He's going to do it the way he's supposed to. And, uh, you know, he's going to mess up, but that's okay, because he's going to come back to me. Each time, he's going to know where to go. He's going to know where to look. He's going to know how to act, even though he messes up. He'll come back. Can we say the same about ourselves? And it is. It's, um, it's how much effort are you going to put forward? How much... What are you going to do to get your heart in that right situation? It's something I have to ask. I mean, I get, you know, I mean, everybody's not like me. And, uh, but I get, I get really hard on myself. I feel like garbage. If I, if I lose it and the kids do something and then I yell, I feel like garbage. I do. And I go tell my wife and I'm like, man, this is not... You know, and then little by little, you got to try to make steps and make plans. And But it's all about the relationship. David had a relationship with God. We have a relationship with Christ. That's what we're supposed to have. Right? Uh, one of my favorite preachers, James Lentz. I, I mean, I love that guy. Uh, every, everybody's probably heard a few of his messages or or if not but he's got he's got the one where he's sitting there and he's just he's going off about the relationship and then he goes right in he goes right into marriage and he sits there and goes i got five couches in my house and i ain't slept on one he says do you love her like you used to do you romance her like you used to And then he goes, where are you? And then he goes right into the relationship with Christ. And, and that's, if there's no, right? I mean, he does that in here. Paul goes through that and says, hey, it's like a marriage with your wife. It's a relationship. David wanted that. Right? Uh, I mean, 
We just heard uh, Pastor Luke, was it last week or the week before when he was saying, you know, was, I think it was a couple weeks ago, but it was, you know, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? I mean, is it really that bad to have your heart purposed on God? Is it really that bad to say, I want these things and not those things and make a plan of action? See, the problem is, is it's one of those things where you can see where time's getting short. Because Satan's real good at getting you to believe something that ain't right. He's real good. And that's where we get caught up. We know that he's the one running the stuff right now. And he's real good to get you to look the other way and put your mind on something else. Why? So you're not spending time with him. So you're not spending time with God. And that's what it's about. And that's what David wanted. Um, but David, we, we could see a transition with, uh, with why and why David wanted to, right? David was a shepherd. Right? He took care, of, took care of the sheep and all that for his, for his dad. And then what happened? God made him king. So now his heavenly father took him from a sheep and said, hey, you're going uh, to be a shepherd over here. To my people, to all the people, to Israel. That's what you're going to do. And it's because of your heart and the shape that it's in and how you want to, how you want to always get to know me and do the things you want. Um, but I find that neat that he takes them, you know, he takes them from this, just takes them from little pasture and all that, um, you know, and says, hey, Right? What's it? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the faithful servant. Right? You were faithful in a few things. And that's kind of what, right? I mean, that's kind of what he did with David. You were faithful in these few things. You came to me. You messed up. And that's what God's at. You know, God's not saying, hey, be perfect. He said, be faithful in these little things. These, these little minute things that, I, that, that come up in your day. Just take the time. Take the time to praise them. Take the time to, to, to just talk with them. You know, I mean, everybody's got this uh, idea that, you know, I mean, especially, especially Catholics. And, that, and that's what we have to be careful about is turning our relationship back into a religion we got this idea that that when it comes to prayer time it's got to be very quiet very solemn you can just go outside and have a talk with them that's one of the things i love i mean i truly do um nothing made me happier than well i mean not like i'm telling anybody new but nothing made me happier when i got saved and i'm like oh i got a father in heaven i have a father that wants something to do with me that know that that wants you know it's like cool it's like that's awesome and and sometimes we forget that and it's all it is 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 he wants you to come be honest with him by prayer and supplication just talk i mean it's funny how we switch that around now and try to make it something that it's really 
a religious experience for prayer now, right? Because it's funny. We'll go out and tell a lost person, oh, just, just, just say it. Talk to them the way you would talk to them. And then we come back and we don't even want to talk to them at all. Or if we do talk to them, we talk to them in any way but honest with them. But that's what we need. We need, to, we need to be honest with them. We need to be faithful in those few things that he gives us. And what will he get? He'll give us, you know. It's an honor. It's humbling. It, it, it truly is. There, there's, there's no, I find there's no better privilege or honor than to stand up here and look at this Bible and just, I mean, that's, and should I be up here? No. But God says, hey, I can use you. God says he can use you. He says, hey, I might not, I might not have this big plan and scheme like you have in your head, and I might not have this great stuff, but I do have something over here. If you can just take care of this. Because isn't that the point behind the whole faithful and servant? It's, it's the little things that add up to the big things up there. And that's what we can have. And sometimes God says, I'll give you some more down here. I mean, isn't that just, that should stop you. That should be just plain out in awe when, when it's like, hey, God doesn't have to give me this. And he does. He doesn't. He's given me what I, I, what I need. He's given me salvation. He's given me the relationship back with him. And I get to spend eternity with him. But we get blessed that we have these other things. We need to try to shepherd what he gives us, whether it's little things or not. Whether it's your children. You know, your job, whatever. And there's the difference in, in Christians and why people want to hire Christians. Because they tend to lean that way and say, hey, I'm going to do the best I can at what God has given me. But we can see the picture, too, of, of how David is a picture of, of, of Christ, a type of Christ. Right? He's a, he's a good shepherd. Did it over that. Did it. Right? And now he's doing it there. And that's what, that's what Christ did. He came in, gave his life for us, takes care of us. Right? He goes to great, you know, goes to great lengths to save one. What, what did, right? That's what Christ does. He goes to great lengths to save one. Which is so important why we need our hearts right when he tells us to do something. Because, honestly, that, that might be the only shot. I mean, God can do everything, but, you know, he sees everything, he knows, but you might be the last shot. Because he knows if, he's like, hey, you know, and that's the hard part about understand, you know, trying to think of God. It's like, hey, I know if he goes, 
then they still might get saved. But at least I, I, you know, God goes, hey, I still need to be true to my word. And my word is that I don't want anybody, anybody to perish. Well, how are they going to hear? Well, someone's got to tell them. So we should try to do that. But he goes to great length. Christ goes to great lengths to save one. Isn't that what David did? You got a fire bear. You know, hey, I got to, I got to protect. I got to protect. Isn't that what he did for the people? I mean, he he tried to protect the people. He did the best he could. And he, he only could do that because he had the relationship with God. Right? The best we could do is, is nothing. Now, the best we could do with God's help is still nothing, but it's something more. As long as we listen and do and act upon what we're supposed to act on. To do the things we should be doing. And that's the thing. Do we have that heart? Do we have that heart to love, to care, to show mercy when we should? That's the biggest thing. Do we ever show mercy when we should show mercy? And mercy doesn't only extend to saved, it extends to lost. And it's not and it's not for what you do, and it's not for what what you feel and who you like. Right? I think Jesus put it best when he says, Doesn't even the publicans do the same? You're not supposed to you gotta show mercy to everybody. So when are we supposed to show this mercy? Well, God, God will let you know. It's are you going to ignore it? But in First Samuel twenty four and First Samuel twenty six, we see David show mercy. Who to Saul? First, David catches him and right cuts off a piece of his skirt. Second time, he takes his spear. I mean, that's that's mercy. That is mercy. Because, I mean, to say it's not mercy, it's saying that Saul didn't deserve that. Saul was chasing down an innocent person that did nothing wrong to kill him. Right? We're, we're you know, David. David's had a long, he's had a long journey with, with, with Christ so, or with God so far, right? I mean, he could have, he knows. Yeah, he says, no, I'm not going to touch the lines on that. Why? Because he's more worried about God than what he says is right, what he feels is right. Right? Isn't that what mercy is? Not getting what you deserved. What did Saul deserve? But again, David says, you know what? No. Why? It's the Lord's anointed. He'll take care of them. I'll show him mercy because I know when time comes, if he doesn't turn around, God's going to 
take care of that. But we do. We have so much problem with, with, with mercy and in, in uh, outward appearance. Just like, just like uh, Samuel is looking at David's brothers. You know, I mean, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. We'll we'll see somebody out there. Um, it doesn't matter how they are. You know, it could could be tall, could be big, could be whatever it is. But we'll just look at them and say, no, 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 not that person. Why? And we basically go off on the way they look, like Samuel did. And when we do that, we are not showing mercy whatsoever. Because God sure didn't, you know, say, hey, no, don't go, right? We're all saved here, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I assume. And, you know, he, God didn't say, hey, no, don't, don't go tell him. Don't show him mercy. Why? Because the way he looks. The way they look, the way they act. Nope, it's go, go. And that, I mean, that that this is a lot. I don't know. Um, I mean, you think about it. David was, yeah, David's living in caves. He was married. Yes, sir. Yeah. You've got to take that out of your head. That's a very difficult thing for any of us. It is. But see, that's, that's where the verse is, God is not a respecter of person. That's where it works both ways. It's, I'm not going to respect man. I'm going to preach the gospel. And then I'm not going to respect this person just because I think they deserve it. I'm going to respect them to give them the gospel and have mercy because... God had mercy on me. I mean, it is. It's twofold. Uh, the way God works, and I love it, and I struggle with it, but the best thing for a relationship with Christ and God is, is to have balance. He goes all over the Bible talking about balance. Because if you have balance you're going to tend to not have one thing control your life. Right? You're not going to... You know, everything is lawful. Not everything is expedient. Why? Because things take over. And God says, I need your heart. Right? I mean, because this is what it's about. It's about getting your heart in that right place. God says, okay, balance it. Um, something might not be bad for you, but why are you going to do it if you have questions about it? Why are you going to do it if it's going to take you away and put you in a place that you might not want be, to be later on? And that's the thing. We don't think about that. You know, David didn't. Until Nathan came to him and said, hey. And he went, oh, yep. But that's the thing. Can we do that 
When God comes to us and says, hey, you shouldn't have done that, can we do that? Can we say, hey, you're right? Because that's what it comes down to. It. You're right. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what your wife or husband says. It doesn't matter what your children say. What does God say? Can I say, yes, I am wrong? And I'm, I'm just going to close with that because we're running out of time. But that's, that's the answer. That's the question, and you need to answer. Why? David answered it. David said, yes, Lord, I can be wrong. And I'm wrong a lot, every time, right? I mean, that's what, right? That's what David did. I am wrong. I'm sorry, I am wrong. And it wasn't a fake sorry. It, it wasn't. And we get so caught up in that, oh, well, I gotta, I gotta, you know. And I do it with my kids, and I, and I hate it doing that. But also at the same, I want to teach them that it's 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 right to do that. But but I hate that. If you look at kids, you say, hey, say you're sorry. Half the time they won't do it. So now you got to you know punish them for not saying it. Not, and then but it's like just say it. This is the problem. People don't want to say it. We learn it early and go up. Right? Wherewithal will a young man cleanse his ways? That was something over at Hope we just did on Friday. And why? Why is that passage in there? Because it's easier to teach a young person to stay right than to try to change your ways when you're older. I mean, let's uh, right? I mean, there's that old saying, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. But David said, "Hey, he knew whether it was it was whether when he growing up, but he had that heart right. He had the attitude right." And it wasn't, hey, it wasn't you made mistakes. It wasn't, hey, I want this right now. It was, nope. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll do this. But then it's, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. You're right. And that's what we have to answer. Are we, are we ready? Tell everybody, no. No. God says no. Doesn't matter who it is. But are we? Father, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, just to preach your word and teach it, Lord. And I just thank you so much, Lord. And you're so good to all of us, Lord. And you're just uh, just the way you treat us, Lord. And even even when we don't deserve it, your mercy, Lord. And the blessings you just uh, the blessings you give, Lord, are just they're endless. And uh, we just thank you, Lord. We pray that you come back soon and get us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.